This is Making Innovation Happen, a podcast by The Bakery, with Andrew Humphreys and Tom Salmon. I'm Andrew Humphreys. And I'm Tom Salmon. And we've just done our first outside podcast. It's really exciting. We went to Latin America. We went to Brazil to do some uh, inspiration sessions there. It was super exciting. We got to ride in an Ubercopter. Yeah, fly over Sao Paulo and uh, it was pretty cool. There's an amazing startup ecosystem there. Lots of very large corporates that are looking to do innovation that have been pretty traditional, you know, uh, lots of you know, big old companies that have done mining and steel and, and, and manufacturing and uh, excited to bring them into, you know, new ways of thinking with the startup ecosystem around the world. So we've started an office there, a business there. Um, so we've got the Bakery Brazil and it's run by Felipe, who I interview as part of this podcast. And I interviewed uh, Anna, who runs a really exciting new uh, co-working space called Plexi in the middle of uh, Villa Madalena in, in Sao Paulo. And also Hector, who's innovating in the beer industry. Uh, a really exciting uh, uh, brewery. He's uh, a previous client of ours, and um, you can find out how we ended up with, what is it, 10,000 gallons of beer. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see how far we get through those yeah. gallons. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, obviously, this is done on location, so uh, you know the, the, the recording equipment and the sound might make, might not be so good. But uh, you can check out some of the pictures in the podcast show notes. So let us know what you think. I'm here in Plexi in Villa Madalena with Felipe, who's the MD of the Bakery Brazil or the Bakery Latin America, even. So. We met Felipe a couple of years ago, and um, he started an office here about 18 months ago. So, Felipe, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how we met you and that journey that you started on about 18 months ago. Great. So, as Tom said, I'm Felipe. I run the bakery here now in Latin America. I'm an engineer. I worked 13 years for large corporations uh, as project manager and in different areas like mining and logistics and stuff, very boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and in 2015, I started my own startup, which was invested by a guy in New York. And who owns this fund is a guy called Sean O'Sullivan, which invented the cloud computing. And it was an amazing experience. I spent a almost a year in the US and we grew this business a bit. And then we crashed <laughs> it, uh, faster than we grew. <laughs> it can happen. Yeah. yeah. And then I came back to Brazil. I started to uh, invest and got to know a bit more the eco startup ecosystem and the innovation ecosystem here in Brazil um, now that I was uh, immersed in this world. And I met some, some people in the British consulate, which got to know Andrew and, and the bakery very well. And they said, well, the bakery is starting to look uh, more into Brazil and why don't you go and meet them? So I met uh, Andrew and then we, fly to, we flew to Argentina uh, to a Brit British consulate event. And afterwards I went to London to meet you guys. So yeah, that's, that's how we started yeah. this relationship. It, it took us a while. It took a little while, didn't it, to get yeah. going. But I think that obviously as an outsider, not knowing much about Brazil initially, you know, and whenever I tell anyone why Brazil, you know, we've gone to Brazil and they ask me why, it's a really interesting conversation because obviously now I've learned a lot about it. But why don't you 
tell us a little bit about the opportunity that is here and and the innovation ecosystem you you talked about because obviously in London we've been doing this for five years mm-hmm. we've seen the landscape grow immensely corporate clients become much more educated in that market but can you tell us a little bit about how the market is here and what the opportunities are yeah so we are we are a huge country we have over two two hundred million people in in this piece of land so uh, just the market is huge here in Brazil. All the large corporations, like global, international corporations are here. They have a big pot of money here uh, to, to spend themselves. And they are now, uh, from maybe four years, and trying to understand a bit more how this um, innovation and startup ecosystem works. And also the startup ecosystem started to get more mature um, from from five years ago, so now I think it's the right moment or uh, to to run the bakery here. So we have over eight thousand startups just in São Paulo. Um, we have this year only two thousand and eighteen. We have had um, about four new unicorns, mm-hmm. which is quite amazing for the f- the first four. <laughs> so we are not expecting that. Um, growth, you know, so there's lots of like Nubank, it's a huge startup, uh, Paxiguru, which IPO'd in New York as well. Um, and also, uh, we now have more angel investment. So people are starting to understand that they need to, not just companies and VCs, but also people need to invest in startups in this, in, in this world. And there are lots of um, VC is trying to educate more people to come and invest with them or by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we still have to grow a lot more, but we are in a good position now in, in Brazil. Yeah, and it's a super dynamic growing ecosystem, isn't it? And I yeah. think that you know when we came, you know, we obviously know all the multinationals from our work in other countries, but mm-hmm coming and finding that there are huge local businesses here that are working in this massive market of 200 million plus people. And, you know, when we started working with Samige, who are a big power company, that was quite eye-opening to find out that they alone got 60 million customers. So (laughs) that's a pretty huge uh, organization that we didn't even know existed in the world. And we've been able to do some amazing work. But and, And again, you've talked about the startup ecosystem here, but it's not just about the opportunity for startups from Brazil, is it? There's a, there's for sure. A... So the corporate ecosystem as well is is getting is understanding right now that they cannot do whatever they're doing uh, for the f- next five years. So they they are understanding now that they need to change and they need to communicate better with the, the customers are are changing behavior uh, of of a company is changing as well of a, of a country of the country is changing as well. So. Um, they now are trying to understand how to do it and they are trying to do or they are doing several different things like running corporate accelerators, uh, having VCs or corporate VCs and or acquiring smaller, smaller companies. So now this world is changing as well, but no one, it seems that really few people or few companies understood or got a model that really works for them. And that's also why I think the bakery is perfect for this country in this moment, because I think they have tried a lot already. And 
now they have to, to, to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> but we think it's the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I mean, how's it been working with a UK based business and bringing them here? What's the perception in Brazil of a company like ours? It's amazing. Like, people in Brazil, like, we tend to trust foreign companies yeah. more than Brazilian companies. I don't know. It's a cultural thing. I don't know why. But it's, it's quite nice to say, like, listen, we have this. We are running this company. It's a British company. Say, well, wait, British company. What they, what the hell are they doing here? So then we explain that to what we do and how we do it and etc. And they totally understand that this is the perfect moment also for us. But having now a global team, it's quite interesting. I think we talk to like Brazil and London and the rest of the world almost every day, at least every couple of days. Uh, so it's quite challenging and interesting, I would say. But it's it's working so far and we're we managing to grow the business here in Brazil. And uh, some some guys from the team in London spend are spending some time, some time here in Brazil and we're going to send some people from the Brazilian team to London as well to have this exchange of uh, knowledge. And it's been amazing. And also, not only for the team, but also for the Brazilian startups to have the chance to get a client in the UK or in Australia or in Singapore. I think it's a great opportunity for, for this country to, you know, speed up the process of maturity also. And I, I think it's fascinating, I think, for us coming here because of, you know, again, the geographical size of Brazil. And, uh, you know, whilst a lot of the business happens here in Sao Paulo, there's obviously lots of other hubs. Yeah around the country. There's lots of really amazing technical talent coming out of universities. But Brazil in itself is, is almost like trying to take on the whole of Europe. It's, <laughs> it's a huge, huge market in itself, isn't it? Both yeah. geographically and in demographic. And you, you know, what other, have you seen any other things that feel quite different from the things that we might be doing in other places that happen here? Ah, this is a great question. Yeah. <laughs> Are there well, cultural differences. With there's people? lots. There's lots of cultural differences yeah. for sure. Like um, we are more Latin, right? We, <laughs> we, we talk too much and we we execute uh, less than your than in the UK or Europe. Let's say uh, we are slower. I would say, uh, especially the large corporations. I think they're more, even more <laughs> slow than than British or American companies. But we have, like, we have this, this huge country and, and it's not only Sao Paulo. Uh, Rio is starting to also um, grow this startup ecosystem and to engage with other large corporations. We have a huge scene in Belo Horizonte, which is um, 600 kilometers from Sao Paulo up north. And also we have a huge scene in Florianópolis and Recife, so different cities, uh, thousands of kilometers away from each other. Uh, it's a it's a challenge to to go and visit all the clients and all the yeah. all the ecosystems and all the hubs and innovation mm -hmm. centers. So it's it's a challenge, but it's, it's till now we're, we're we're doing great, I think. <laughs> You're definitely doing great. I mean, we're really excited about the opportunity. As the more time we spend here, the more excited we become, the bigger we realise the opportunity is, as we keep joking, it's a massive opportunity. <laughs> and it's fantastic, you know, having you running the business here, Felipe, and um, we're really excited to carry on seeing it grow. So, me too, me too. Yeah.
Thank you. Thank you. So I'm delighted and honored actually to be here in Sao Paulo with an amazing guy that I met about a year ago, I suppose. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Hector Aguilera. I am from Venezuela, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a very fashionable country right now. <laughs> That's right. Actually. But uh, I've been living here in Brazil for seven years. I came as an expat, uh, as a part of uh, Ternium, which is the largest flat steel producer in, in the Americas. Mm -hmm. And uh, after 20 years of, of career in Ternium, I decided to open up my, my own business in something uh, which uh, doesn't make uh, any, <laughs> <laughs> any synergy with, <laughs> with, with my history, <laughs> uh, which is a craft beer uh, uh, factory. I mean, that know? sounds fantastic <laughs> to me already. So tell me a little bit about, it's called Chroma Beer, isn't it? Tell me a yes. little bit about uh, Chroma Beer. Well, uh, we, I, I started up uh, the company with uh, my brother-in-law. First, as an experiment, I, I've been angel investor in, in, uh, many, in, uh, in many ventures. Actually, I uh, always liked the beer industry, but also the restaurant business mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, hospitality. hospitality business. You know, my my brother-in-law uh, is the is the brewman, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would say I'm a, the business person. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but uh, what what we uh, decided to create was a brand. Yes, in order to uh, provide to the market. Uh, a different type of product, uh, a constant innovation, uh, not only in in the taste, in the type of uh, of beer, experimenting with fruits, local mm. fruits, mm. with uh, uh, many type of hops, and uh, but also with the design of of, of our cans and of, of mm. our products, uh, we we want to appeal to the people through a not only to through the taste but through the image yes and um, now we're uh, starting up our own uh, brew pub so far we have been uh, doing what uh, it is called gypsy uh, here right uh, cigano in portuguese mm -hmm. which means that we uh, make our beer in third parties in, right in other people's factories we kind of mirror ourselves with omnipolo mm -hmm. which, one, which is one of the largest craft beer producers in the world and they don't own a single, a single factory. factory so um, uh, i think it makes a lot of sense now that we are seeing this happening in many other industries around the world airbnb or uber that they don't own their own uh, mm. assets uh, they own assets but not the mm. the, the core assets uh, we see that uh, as a possible way to escalate a business that otherwise would be very costly to escalate. So I'm interested to talk to you about the basic, you know, design of a product-based company, you know, that is going to create a product that you can buy, you know, all around the world already. Uh, obviously, you're going to have differences and, and yes. difference to the recipes and so on. But fundamentally, how do you, as a small business, compete with the global giants who are making beer, um, you know, at, at very low cost and all around the world. Do you? How do you go about creating an audience, creating a brand? 
you know, tell us a little bit about that, that journey. Well, uh, we're not the first ones uh, in the market. There are about 450 uh, different small breweries in Brazil, mm -hmm. but that's still uh, a really small percentage of the market compared to, let's say, America, the, yeah. the US. In the US, you have around 10 to 12% of the market share in craft breweries. Yes. And there are a lot, I don't know, around 10,000 breweries yeah. in, in the US. And here we have 500, and I think it's around 2% of the market right. uh, in, in, in Brazil. So I'm not really worried at all about competing to, to the, big, uh, mm -hmm. the big guys. Because I think we are in a different league, totally. Yes. Uh, a different product uh, area. A different product area. Normally, the big brewing companies try to produce the, the, with the least possible cost mm -hmm. uh, a, a very standardized product. And we are anti-scale in mm. that sense because uh, in, 18 month, in 15 months or 16 months uh, of life in the, uh, for the company, we have already 18 different products. Right. And uh, uh, what we uh, believe um, and it, it makes, uh, it, it's been successful so far, is that the people are always eager to try something different from us. Right. Uh, so they're looking for a new, what the next new taste exactly, is. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and uh, for instance, when, when we talk to other craft brewers, they complain about that. Huh? And every time they complain, I smile. Right. <laughs> because mm -hmm. if if uh, that's becoming difficult for them, yeah. for us, it's our business model. So this is a very different way of thinking about the consumer and about the products, isn't it? So Definitely. how how have you managed to go about getting these customers? Are they repeat customers? Is social media a big part of it? You know, tell, tell us about yeah. how you attract your audience and your customers. Everything has been really organic. Uh, we have investing in marketing, media. Uh, we have been investing a lot in the design and, and the, the product itself. And uh, we have been trying to uh, partnership with uh, specific bars and specific uh, uh, retail shops mm -hmm that are frequently visited by beer geeks. Okay. So we try to go to the early adopters. The early adopters, the influencers. The, the influencers, uh, but really organically. We don't pay anything to mm -hmm. anybody to post anything right. about us. Um, we have around, I don't know, I think 14,000 uh, followers. followers in Instagram, everything organic. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, it's it's a bet about quality. The amount of hopes we we, we put in our beers uh, for let's say one one thousand liters, uh, the big guys, I don't know, use hundred thousand liters. Right. Right. So, oh, right. Okay. So, so it's really our, intense. Our, and yes. It's really. Our products flavorful. are really costly. Yeah. Uh, compared to whatever yeah. uh, the big guys do. Um, and um, how do we differentiate from other craft brewers? Mm -hmm. uh, it is uh, speeding up design, speeding up uh, product experimentation. Uh, we, we like to experiment with flavors, fruits, and hops that not 
are not very common. Right. And things have been really successful in that sense. So uh, tell us about the success. You know, what are people saying about Chroma Beer and, and mm-hmm. you know, what are, what are some of the best products or the most liked products? Tell us about the successes that you've had. Sure. Well, uh, related to, to design, I was uh, really happy to, to have uh, some compliments uh, uh, from one of the partners of McKinsey and Company. Uh, he's the the head of design of uh, McKinsey in, in Brazil, and, and uh, I met him in, in a, an event, and we we really have a a good uh, feedback regarding our design, regarding our beers. Uh, you you hear uh, things like like I can't believe I'm meeting the. <laughs> <laughs> The owner of Chroma. Ah. This is my favorite beer in the world. Things <laughs> like you never expect to hear, you right, know. Right. And uh, but at the same time, we keep very low profile in in in, in the sense of uh, the ego part. We we okay, thank you, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of beers that are <laughs> as good as ours. <laughs> we, we, we so you keep, stay humble and you keep your yes. traditions and. Just keep making great beer. Yeah, we we, we cannot uh, stop innovating. Mm. Uh, I think that's the the core of of our business model, and uh, we we value the partnership we have with uh, not only uh, the distribution but the production partners. Mm-hmm. The fact that we uh, we have been copied uh, in some sort of sense uh, in the design yes. uh, makes us very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can see some of the designs uh, of the of the products on on in the in the contents page of this podcast and the pictures on um, uh, Facebook of Crema Beer. It's a beautiful beer. I've tried some of them. I'm looking forward to trying some more. And uh, and also, I know that you're you're about to or you will be soon launching your own brew pub yes. here in Villa Madalena. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, that's uh, that's been our little baby uh, that uh, we have been working really hard. Um, it's going to be a place uh, for experimentation. It's going to be a great opportunity to have face to face with uh, our client base, mm-hmm. and um, we are going to be able to produce around nine thousand liters a month. So it'll increase uh, increase capacity, and you'll be able to bring a bit more of the manufacturing in house. Yes, yes, actually, uh, we, we don't expect to substitute, we, we just want to, to extend. extend. Mm. We, we have a limitation so far because of the size of the company, yeah. and, uh, but uh, we, we, we believe that we really need to have a house, mm-hmm. and that's going to be our client's house, and uh, from, from there we want to expand uh, as much as we can, and, but to keep it at the same time uh, very real, uh, very uh, genuine, and, mm. and uh, we don't want to compromise uh, in, in our values and quality, and uh, we, we just hope that uh, uh, bring some happiness to the people that drink our beer. <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to the opening party. Let's sure. uh, make sure we, we have a good time. Heka Aguilera from, from Chroma Beer, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So here we are in beautiful Villa Madalena region of Sao Paulo. And I'm here with Anna, who has created this incredible space called Plexi. Anna, tell us about Plexi. 
So Plexi is starting my life when uh, with a friend in the beach and we having some caipirinhas mm -hmm. and uh, we realized that was important for us to build our career as an architect. This sharing experience and we saw that didn't have this place in Brazil. So in that moment it was something in my head like I need to be somewhere where people can share knowledge, experience, mm -hmm. networking and build uh, new experience as well. So in that moment, I started to research uh, a bit about how would be the work in the future, how people would, um, the new technologies, the new works that would exist in a few years ago. So I tried to build a co-working space, but that I could break a bit how mm -hmm. would be a work working space. So in this moment, how to bring the public to inside of private space mm. and the same way having this place for working with the desks and all that you need, the yes. internet, the infrastructure that you need to work, but that you could have a different experience in the moment that you get in to the work. And we've just had a, a you know a walk around this place. I, I'm going to try and describe it. It's an incredible building. I think it's three stories yeah. and a roof terrace. Yes. Uh, it, it's a converted beautiful house in a in a what, what looks to be like a residential street. And as you say, it's open front to the public and there's a beautiful cafe and a bakery and uh, a, a, an exhibition space in the front. And then you have I think 42 Desks. 42 uh, desks. Um, for, and, and they're big desks for people that, to give them a creative space and, and, and a nice way of working. Yeah, because the desks, they are big because when you're producing, creating something new, you have the papers, you have your computer, maybe the laptop mm. plus monitor. So you need, need space for freedom mm -hmm. and the same way where people can join to the desk and be two people in one desk, right. developing something and then go back to the desk. And this there are a lot of co-working spaces in Sao Paulo, you know, they've yeah. been sp sprouting up over the last few years and the same as in every city around the world. Yeah, yeah. But I think you have a vision to create something perhaps a little bit more open, a little bit more creative, a little bit more inclusive. Is that right? Yes, because in the same way, like understanding how people would work the same way I tried to destroy it. <laughs> uh, how companies they would be. So I believe way more to collaborative uh, companies where one company actually have a branch of freelancers or um, people that could join just for a couple of projects and they go away mm. and they can be spread. So it's a very around. different way of working than, than traditionally. Yes. Okay. And it opened a few months ago and, you know, we've, we've already seen that there are people here and the feeling of the place is, is really very good. What are your ambitions for the place over the next six to 12 months? So I opened Plexi three months ago, was in the beginning of August. So for the next six months and 12 months, I hope that 
can be full here with uh, all these since I opened, I did a lot of events and trying to bring expositions, free talks, uh, different dynamics where could spread culture, knowledge. So day after day, I want to have more and more people coming here to kind of to be a reference, but the same way that I don't want to be just here. I hope that Plexic can go to another places and show this culture that uh, we are trying to build. Mm -hmm. I hope that in six and 12 months, so then I can be in maybe having a Plexi talk right. in a gallery or in another co-working and mm. be something more distributed because I don't don't like that much, this idea of a well, central point. I was going to say, how important is the specific area of Villa Madalena that we're in to the success of, of Plexi? And, and is it really in only places like this that something with this creative thought could succeed? I believe so, because um, in this region, basically, there are a lot of agency producers from cinema, commercial, mm -hmm. as well, architecture office. So we are in this kind of mindset because mm. all the streets, they have graffitis and sometimes they have as well some gallery occupying the street. Mm. They have a lot of events for people to be on the street as well. Mm -hmm. So there is this mood, people moving around, celebrating culture, mm. new artists um, and things like this related with the uh, entrepreneur, mm. but as well for technology as well. So I think this could be really the point where can mix technology, arts, culture, education. Fantastic. Well, it's a beautiful place and, and I hope that the bakery will run some events here as well. I'm really excited about that. So thank you very much for joining us, Anna. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Sorry for my nervous. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first one. So. It was perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been listening to Making Innovation Happen by The Bakery. Hosted by Andrew Humphreys and Tom Salmon and produced by Vita and 1618 Digital. To be the first to hear about future episodes, you can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Or for more information and extra content, check out the show notes or visit thebakery.com. Thanks for listening.